defective sex toys are being recycled into fashionable shoes. Roy just said, when you say defective, I hear used. <laughs> <laughs> if it's been tested, I don't want it. Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business, your business, business. Handle all in your business, value all in your business. What's up, what's up, good peoples? Listen, I gotta stop right here and say happy anniversary. It's their anniversary. Happy anniversary to my Snook and Diddy 35 years of marriage. They met 40 years ago at West Virginia State University, which is an HBCU, and the rest was history. So happy anniversary to my Snook and Diddy. And today, we're gonna have a little MoCo newsroom like we always do, but we have the legend, Gina Prince Bythewood coming on and she was the director of Love and Basketball, our favorite movie, but she's also the director of the new movie out, The Woman King. We have a little MoCo debate afterwards about are sequels ever better than the original? I don't know. We're going to talk about it. Let's go! Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery, and normally we come in here with the hypest news, the hypest energy, and I'm hype right now. I'm turned up, but not for a good reason. So... This past week has been an interesting week for St. Albans High School in West Virginia. That is the school that my whole family attended. And now my niece, Pooh Bear, her real name is Shayla, attends right now. And I got a problem with what's going on over there at St. Albans High School, particularly what's going on with the cheerleading head coach, Miss Charlie. And I'm talking to Miss Charlie, but I'm also talking to the people that are at St. Albans High School. Miss Charlie apparently felt that it's unacceptable for some of the people on her team to have braids that are too long, while other people on their team whose hair is not in braids is as long as the braids, and that's okay. That's not okay. That's not okay that my niece had to quit because she didn't want to cut her braids. I had to make sure that I heard this correctly. I was like, I can't believe that this is true. So I went on Facebook because, you know, I don't even use Facebook, but I went on Facebook because I know that's where like the hometown people are. And I went on Facebook to say, what's this I'm hearing about St. Thomas High School coach enforcing a rule that's not really even a rule. So what are you enforcing if it's not an actual rule? I was asking questions. I asked the principal, you know, and the principal is somebody we know from growing up. So I wrote her a message on Facebook as well because I don't have her information. But I think that a lot of parents were looking for answers as well. And I didn't just think that I actually got and I'm going to call it an anonymous. I got an anonymous message on Facebook that said, hey, Renee, I have been posting about the coach all week. This is what someone sent me. I couldn't comment on your post, but I text someone about it earlier at the game on Friday the coach quit because a couple of girls supposedly came at her for having another rule about tattoos and how you have to cover them up okay whatever again and then the black girls that their braids were too long now as a coach I completely get that we have to make sure that the girls meet requirements and have discipline but basically this hair situation was only enforced on a certain type of hairstyles this is where the problem lies so all I'm saying is either everybody with long hair got to go or you got to cut it because braids, long hair and braids, there's no difference. And I don't know what's going on with the cheerleading head coach, Charlie, I believe her name is. But Charlie, you got to do better, baby. Charlie, you got to do better. The principal over there that knows about this situation, Jacqueline, y'all got to do better. Everybody got to do a little bit better because in 2022, a player, an athlete having to quit a sport that they love because they didn't want to cut their hair, that feels a little outdated. It's not progressive. Do better, St. Albans High School. Do better all the way around. Everybody over there do better. But I don't want to just stop on a, a somber note because there's so much excellence happening in the world. For instance, shout out to Lindsey Whalen, shout out to Swin Cash, everybody that had got inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame this past week. Shout out to all of them because that's an accomplishment that's like, you know, that's the top of the mountain. That's where you are right now when you put on that jacket. And also, I got to just shout out, you know, Lindsey Whalen, first of all, had a beautiful speech. I already texted her and I told her amazing, beautiful speech. Wheezy F, baby, please say the baby. But also, Swin Cash, who I call needs, but that's my homie. Swin Cash 
came with some energy. Like the way that she gave her speech, it was like, I'm going to tell you like it is and I'm unapologetic about it. It was like every time she says something, I was like, mm, 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 okay, sweet. I was like cheering like it was like, you know, I was at a pep rally. I was turned up. So I want you to just hear a little bit of that energy that got me turned up from the Basketball Hall of Fame. This is Swin Cash, y'all. One of the best decisions I made was attending the University of Connecticut with Tamika Williams. Oh, blee blue. I see y'all in here. With Tamika Williams, now Tamika Jetter, Asia Jones, and Sue Bird. There's not much that I can tell you three that I haven't personally already said to you. But what I will say is this, since I got the stage. I wouldn't have traded our experience in college for anything. We were the wave. We were the culture. And if anyone's debating the greatest college basketball team ever, ask about us. What y'all got for stories this week? I'm excited to hear. It's my favorite part. What y'all got for stories? I know y'all better have some good stuff. What you got, Cole? You was shaking your head. You got to have two good stories for me. And Cole, the underachiever, do you have two this time? I do. I do have yes. two. But this, but you know what was happening in the news is that there's so much other big things happening that uh-huh. people are letting the little things just go by the wayside. Because anything that I saw anywhere else was either the Queen, it was Trump, or it was like, see, look, Mama's clapping. It was the Queen, <laughs> it's Trump, or it's a Kardashian. It's like the same. It's, so I was getting irritated. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. The Queen, the Trump, Kardashian, and the Russian and Zelensky thing, uh, okay, the Ukrainian yeah. thing. Mm, yeah. So that's literally taking up the entire news. And since there's so much of that, the, the little funny stories are not there, but I did find one. Okay, I, I like was, that you said, basically you went deep. You was like, okay, there was the big stories that everybody's talking going, about. You yeah. found something so else. Ditto, ditto too. Same thing for you too. Okay, so let's see. I have defective sex toys are being recycled into fashionable shoes. What? <laughs> Whoa, I didn't, what? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Wow. That's it. What? So that's my recycling to a whole nother level. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. They're taking recycling to a whole nother level. And, and, and like <laughs> what kind of shoes like, cause Payless would have been the one that I thought would have been all over this. No, um, it's a, it's a little company, I think in New York and they're actually taking the sex toys, defective ones and <laughs> they're making about crazy. 15% of the shoe is actually the sex toy. Wow. And I think that that's things. a selling point. Like that company's name, I want to say it for the company because they might get some business. And Roy just said, when you say defective, I hear used. Does that mean? <laughs> that's where <laughs> I'm coming from. It, if it's been tested, I don't want it. As well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You could walk with some swag on you. I mean, mm. Rock, Paul said we're going down a rabbit hole. Just- well, well, let's just say it could be defective, as in when they went to go make sure that they actually worked. Or like if they, you know, during if use. the shapes weren't right, or you Snook. know, it could be things like, that what are, are they using the rubber, like the material. I, I don't know. They're all oh, rubber soles. Well, no, they're actually there's a shoe that looks almost like a Yeezy, like one of them phone posit Yeezy things. Oh, oh they wow. took and melted it down, and they made their own style of what looks to be a Yeezy lookalike, and actually sold out within minutes of actually putting them up online. So, wow, that there's wow. that. So that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder why like are they do they look like Yeezys and stuff? oh yeah like, let me I, look as a matter of fact let me get I can get the picture for you because I'm saying like I wonder if this is a selling point you know like uh, people use recycled materials all the time like why would they actually put that out there that they're using recycled sex toy material I feel like, like that's, that's a great that's selling point that's what I was know? gonna get we at we need to come up with something people we need to come up with something it, it is too much crazy <laughs> stuff out there that people uh, are making money all I hear is, is entrepreneurs really everywhere baby one time like, for I one time just want to get on the craze if that's why it's sold out so here we go let me just show you i'm going to put it 
in the camera. They look like Crocs. Okay. They look like those foam pods. Oh, wow. They really do. So that's clever. So I can see how the rubber, that's a full-on rubber shoe that it's everybody's got. It's a full-on rubber shoe. Snook, yeah, you ain't got nothing it. to really say about that because you know them clogs is viral. So you know you see Pooh Bear and everybody walking around in yep. them clogs. Yeah, I'll be looking hard now. Oh. <laughs> wow, Cole. I feel like that was like, that was your one. I don't know. It was like, that felt good. What was your other story? My other story was, it was okay, but it's um it's not nearly as good as this one, but uh where's my story i had it up um what you got serena while cole is looking for her other one not to scare anybody but the purge is coming to life okay i don't know if you guys have read about this okay so this is what the headline read it says illinois passes purge law hundreds of inmates expected to be freed once safety act goes into effect on january 1st 2023 so according to the law these are the non-detainable offenses beginning january 1st again is aggravated battery aggravated dui aggravated fleeing arson burglary drug induced homicide intimidation kidnapping robbery second degree murder and threatening a public official so those offenses (laughs) so that's what people are saying online that okay so So first of all what do you have to do to go to jail now Exactly. So now they're doing away. They're not going to have cash bail bonds anymore. So people, if they're charged with one of these offenses, they could stay at home and wait for their trial, their court day, whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah. So that's something different. So it was introduced by Chicago Democrat Justin Slaughter, who helped legalize the bill. And in April said that Republicans who were opposed to the new law perhaps had a bad stench of racism during their time in in charge or something yes exactly so he's saying that this is going to free a lot of the inmates who are probably wrongfully detained there people who have been who are just awaiting a court date or something like that so like i the headline for the ones that are wrongfully detained see this is where the yeah, fine line so comes, exactly like, so you see it was it was like some people are confused online because the headline is very scary it's like illinois passes purge like law but the premises of it it was to for people you know for wrongfully incarcerated people so people hmm. won't be wrongfully detained so people are a little split about the decision online what do you, what do you let me just ask you this it? did you say anything about drugs in there that's so, a good point so you're gonna have somebody with a pound of weed in jail for having a pound of weed but someone who is potentially a suspect in a second degree murder is gonna be sitting at home serial killer make right. it make sense the only you drug is the only drug related charge over here is drug induced homicide Seems so, like, so somebody yeah. got kill somebody so <laughs> this I know you but it sounds crazy you, when you, you talk about it. And then you kill somebody, that's an offense. But if I'm sober and kill somebody, I, it's okay. <laughs> well, this is getting a little <laughs> bit crazy now. Cole, you brought up a really good point. If he's trying to go the race route, which I heard a little bit of that when, you know, yes. what's up with the drug laws, the marijuana charges? There's a lot of states that have it legalized now. That's a good point. It's like you letting the purge to that point these purge laws through <laughs> aggravated assault all of this it's kind of yeah, like, like this so- is like trespassing this is that people are not going to be able to get arrested for those kind of offenses they could probably give you a ticket or something like that so and that's see, that's the concern to me part. trespassing is a little bit more dangerous too because yes wonder if you are a disgruntled ex-partner who is actually going to be distrespassing that's my problem like they could be trespassing to kill somebody Literally. but then if they do actually kill somebody they're gonna sit home until it's court day yeah, well, so as long as they just drug induced yeah there's a lot of fine lines it's too there sloppy yeah. it's too yeah. sloppy also that's too the fact law. that it's coming out and we know you think people ain't gonna plan on things that they can get a ticket for like i'm gonna break up in there and i'm gonna get it all i'm gonna get is a ticket like people are gonna be calculated now i'm scared that we're even talking about this folks in illinois i'm gonna let y'all know hide your wife hide your kids <laughs> but see it's a dangerous law renee 
because of just what you said. Oh, I'm going to break up in there because I'm just going to get a ticket unless the wrong policeman comes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right about I think that. that. There is that. I think that there is that. Yeah, and they have that power to use lethal force. And wow. There is that. Well, yes. Snook, what's your story? I mean, this is, we rolling. This is a wild day. We done went from, <laughs> what is it, defected sex, sex toys. toys being recycled and used as shoes to now the purge in Illinois. Goodness, what's going on in your world, Snook? Okay, well, this one I think will pertain to not only our family, but a lot of families out there. Maybe you could identify a little bit with what's going on in this story from the Washington Post. And it's in their advice column, Dear Amy. So let me read this to you real quick. It says, Dear Amy, my wife and I have been married for almost 25 years. We are now almost empty nesters with one daughter in high school. My wife has a brother and a sister about her same age. I have an issue with their family dynamic that is magnified now that we are older. The two siblings call my wife at all times of the day or night just to chat. (laughs) Her brother is divorced and lives by himself, so he has no reference to downtime. Her sister is married, but she calls whenever the mood strikes. This happens seven days a week. (laughs) My wife and I both have hectic days. By 8 or 9 p.m., we are both ready for dinner. We both contribute equally and share all of the household chores and spend some quality time together. Her siblings have no concept of this. Part of this is my sister's fault. Now, this is where we get into it. I want to know because... In a way, I kind of see this, and I wonder if my family's other outlaws are feeling this way about our family, because we do this. We call every day, (laughs) all day, (laughs) just to chat. And it's outlaws. You mean in-laws. Do our in-laws, so Snook wants to know, do our in-laws have a problem with how much we talk? And it's hilarious because you think (laughs) we talk a lot, and Serena's family they talk a lot and they're on FaceTime. They talk two times more than we do and they be on FaceTime. I walk by and they be like people on the phones. I'm like, what? And just like, y'all didn't have nothing. Y'all are celebrating. Y'all just on here talking. So this is, first of all, Snook, I love that you read Dear Amy from the Washington yes, Post. I love that. I love advice column. But I mean, I think it's something that's pertinent to a lot of different people. That's why I picked that because it caught my eye because I know that Big Shannon, maybe Serena, maybe Mel, my Mel might say, (laughs) man, y'all talk every day, all day, anytime, whatever, whatever, chat, this, that, you know. (laughs) No, it doesn't bother me at all, actually. Sometimes I remind Renee, I'm like, did you call Snook today? Because sometimes, (laughs) sometimes we'll get busy working and I'll be like, you haven't talked to Snook all day. What what are they doing? Call her, call them. Sometimes it's like, I don't even know what time of day it was and I'll turn around and it's already 5 p.m. and I'm like what like so sometimes I lose complete track or some sometimes something happens and I'll be like call 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 snook you know call them and let's let's tell them what happened let's see what they think we we have opposing views and sometimes I need I need people to back me up and I'll be like you see I told you Renee so so (laughs) you know that that doesn't bother me at all I mean honestly like I feel like I'm you know I'm I feel like I'm a little bit different because Renee said I'm very close to my family too so I don't know if I'm really the norm maybe maybe our families are you know like the the in-laws involved with with our family are very are more understanding because I do know some in-laws that do not like that I was about to say I was about to touch that too I said yeah. I can, let me just say <laughs> Shannon's family is the same way I talk to my sister-in-laws like and my mother-in-law the same way I don't think our right. families yeah really like we're all close any, to our family we're all very close mm-hmm. and it, I don't think it bothers anybody but I can see how Mm-hmm. It could be a problem <laughs> yeah. if you're not that family that does that. Then you're like, what could y'all talk possibly be talking about? You talked to her this morning. You talked to her this afternoon. So I can see where that could be a problem. And also, some families have family members. They're not very they always got something going on that's wrong. So then it brings, mm-hmm. you're bringing the drama that's into true. their household. And they're yes. like, every time you go out the phone with her, you mad, you upset, you don't want to go here. <laughs> you don't want to do anything. And so they could be disrupting the peace in his life. Like, 
he could be bringing divorce issues. She could be bringing marital stuff. And she could be like, look, our kid's about to graduate. And we're about to be just us. Don't be bringing your whole And you're always going to be there, want to be there for your family. So you're always going to yeah. want to help and stuff. Yeah. So well, it can definitely listen. take a toll. Paul said he leaves his family group chats cold when that happens. So apparently everybody <laughs> ain't going to stick it through. like Ron then, isn't he? Oh, yeah, dad yeah, bowed out of ours. With the group chats. Yeah, Our group he chats go- be rolling, too. If y'all follow me on Twitter, I'll be posting things from the group chats. Cole, do I don't you, even- Renee? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I be posting the group chat on Twitter, for real, for real. Multiple oh, screenshots, too. I don't even, it's like, hilarious. not just one screenshot. I post them all. Like, that's definitely. <laughs> uh, Danny just asked, why do parents make more than one group chat, though? And we do have multiple group chats. So, yeah, we do. Like, 10 years ago, I don't even know, whenever the first time you could make group chats was. And we- I did it. Oh, you did it, Cole? I did. I was the original one with the group chat. Cole made yes. a group wow. chat of me, Snook, Shay, <laughs> yes. um, and her. And it, yes. and then, so I named it the originals. Like, and it was like, we thought we was too cool. It was when the very, oh, we, we could fine. very hey. first make group chats. <laughs> And so that was just for us. It was just the the ladies, the originals. And then we had a group chat called The Fam. And that's like 26 deep at this point. Yeah, it's, it's about 26 deep. It's yeah. really Roy said, I'm happy no one wants me in the group chat. Roy said, well, the only one in the group chat. You're well, great exactly. in Get our an chat iPhone, right now. And then maybe people will want to put you in the group chat. Because you be there the you one go. to do the we don't want no, no green exactly. bubbles. This is the crazy thing when you say drama. It's really different because most of the time we laugh the whole time oh, our we don't yeah. talk because we block half mm. of the convers half of the time is conversation and the other half is laughing it we laugh it's healthy to oh. talk about things i mean even when like during the pandemic when everybody started doing the zooms like i loved it i, I told I, I told renee i was like you know you guys should do a show or something you guys are just so good at, at, at just having conversations and and this uh, snook is right like you guys always you guys always sound like you, you like you're on a show and so like i just i just <laughs> love hearing you guys having conversations so yeah I, I it doesn't bother me at all i love i love renee when she well, when, when she talks that, that was a good that, one. And that by the way, one. that's how the podcast began, you guys. Sam was like, I don't know if you should stop doing this a weekly family thing, but I know everybody can't go in there. And so that's kind of how the podcast idea, Remotely Renee, when well, it first was show, Remotely Renee. Sam. Yeah. So she was like, it sounds like I'm listening to a show right now. Like, that's kind of the whole thing. Snook, dear Amy from the Washington Post. So yeah, I, I that. like that. That was a that. good one. That, that was a good is, one. Man, okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and do one of mine then. Well, I'm, I guess since we could probably wrap this was like the whole news. This was so. the entire. I was gonna say <laughs> like, we can keep going wow. with this. Yeah, this, this was, was the show. At this point, this was the show. So there's two things that I wanted to mention then, since this is gonna be wrapped up. So Steph Curry covered Rolling Stones um, this year, and he's the first athlete to do it since 2016. So this is a very rare thing for athletes to do. Rolling Stones is like for your biggest rock stars in the world. So wanted to give our newsroom we wanted to shout out steph curry holding it down for the athletes who was, I the, think mo- that's who was the one in 2016 colin kaepernick oh, okay nice follow-up yeah, that's a rock nice star follow-up. move i like that yeah. yeah so i wanted to just make sure we said that here because athletes that's a big big deal the cover of rolling stones that's for your I beatles mean, for anybody and, yeah. yeah that's for you know the queen even you know so that's things that those people and steph curry has now made the cover so i wanted to give him a shout out but my story this week Boy, y'all know I like this. It's that time of the year where Forbes releases their top 50 paid athletes. Oh, I know. So I wanted to bring that to the table. First, I wanted to see does anybody have any guesses of who's going to be on the list? The number one? Okay, I can can say LeBron's definitely on there. Michael Jordan's probably still on there for 40 years. Serena Williams. (laughs) Serena Williams, definitely. Okay. Um, Tom Brady. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. What about Floyd Mayweather and some of them boxers? Oh, yes. That is a good one. That's because I always want to go to one of his parades. I hear he throws money, so he must have a lot. Okay. Money Mayweather. (laughs) She said he makes it rain. I only heard him making it rain in the strip club, but I don't know what parade you talking about, but that's... Oh, no. I heard he goes down the streets and, and does yeah. it from a car. He throws money from the car. Yeah. I did not <laughs> know that. that. 
All right, so I like the guesses. However, none of those people you mentioned is the number one highest paid athletes. Names like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry own thriving media company. Serena Williams is behind a venture capital firm with a new $111 million fund. Naomi Osaka has more than 20 corporate partners and is the founder of a skincare line. Tom Brady added a massive partnership with cryptocurrency exchange FTX while launching an autograph and NFT platform of his own. But none of those people are the number one on the list, okay? The number one on the list is Messi, the soccer player, okay? Ooh, Do you okay, guys, like, okay. this is what you got to get into. This is yes. a different world. You got to get international. See, I we can believe that. I can believe that. On the field, he made $75 million. Off the field, he made $55 million at the age of 34 nationality he's from argentina lionel messi's 20 million a year partnership with socios adds to an endorsement portfolio includes budweiser adidas pepsi the man is making money okay but number two you guys were close lebron james is number two on the list on the field he made 41.2 million dollars and off the field he made 80 million so lebron up there at number two but i'm, I'm talking about that soccer, that football is making money internationally. Any guesses for number three? Serena. Is it a woman or a man? It's a man. This is a man's world. It's a it man's must be Michael world. Jordan. He's still making money off of these Jordans. Shaq. Nope. Cristiano Ronaldo. Another, Another soccer player. One. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Shift your mindset. Ooh, On the field, he made $60 million. Off the field, he as well as Messi made $55 million. Like his rival Messi, he had a disappointing first season with his new team, the Manchester United, stuck in sixth place in their premiere, but it didn't affect his pockets, baby. No. Making money That's guaranteed. at the age of 37. Number four, who we got? Who David we got? Beckham. Who we got? A Top female, 50. hopefully. Hopefully a female. Is it Serena? This is a man's world. I said, I said David Beckham dun, since we're on the soccer dun, players. Dun, 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 dun. You're smart to say soccer because number four is Neymar at 95 million on the field. This So this is three soccer players in the top five. I just want everybody to know. Make your kids play soccer, baby. All right. Number four, mm, Neymar true. on the field, <laughs> 70 million off the field, 25 million. He rounds out number four at the age of 30. Neymar has scored his 400th goal in November, but like Messi, he was stung by criticism. Okay, okay, okay. Who cares? I wouldn't care about no criticism. What pocket is right? Hello, here? somebody. Number five. Any guesses, anybody? Roy said Mike Trout is his guest for number five. Anybody got any guesses? Uh, Serena, I hope there's a woman in there. This is a man's world. Dun, dun, oh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. <laughs> Samson Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Jeez, Monet, Number five, and I'm only going to do the top five, coming in at $92.8 million. We have Chef Curry in this thing, Chef Curry in this oh, thing, wow. Chef Curry. Okay. Steph Curry on the field made $45.8 million. Off the field, he made $47 million. No NBA player made more in salary this past season than Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Due to his signing a four-year deal, two hundred fifty million extension. By the way, Ooh. so I'm um, just look, saying. Renee, I'm gonna say this. I like your. I love that all these people have made their coin, and it was a top five. And I say congratulations to them. Let's move on because there was no women on there, so I don't want to hear now. Nah. There was no women on there, so, <laughs> Wait, so there's no let's women in the on. top ten. It's still a glass ceiling, ladies. I see. Let's right. crack True. it. Let, let's let's crack it. We want to crack that. We're trying to crack True, that thing open. Right. This is why when we <laughs> so say we're there's into no money, women in the top ten. I'm gonna get to that. Why we say we oh, are okay. into money and investing and investing into women like this is what we mean people so number six was kevin durant he made 92.1 million that's on the field 42 million off the field 50 million and he really doesn't even have a home right now well he playing for the nets he signed back with the nets he said he's all in with the nets we're gonna fly through these snooker book of snook mad now that there's no women in there we're we talking like we're talking basketball now yeah so no shouts to kevin durant though because i love his brand rich climbing everything they're doing over there with the boardroom and investing from their investment firm 35 ventures shout out to them love it number seven roger federer is coming in at 90.7 million he's a tennis player he made 0.7 million 
on the field, but off the field, he made $90 million. Everyone knows that. That tennis endorsement money is the real deal over there. They have big names like Rolex, et cetera, et cetera. Number eight coming in at $90 million is Canelo Alvarez on the field. He made $85 million. Off the field, he made $5 million. He's a boxer, in case you didn't know, age 31. Great to see it. Number nine, I think I heard somebody throw his name out there coming in at 83.9 million. That's Tom Brady on the field. He made 31.9 million off the field. He made 51 million at the age of 44 right now. Football player that is not retired. Number 10 coming in at 80.9 million. And this one actually surprised me in the best way possible. Giannis Antetokounmpo on the field. He made 39.9. I knew Snickers was going to like that off the field. He made 41 million. And I don't know why, but I just love the fact that Giannis is in the top 10 because I, I love too. him as a guy. I know that he's going to do amazing things. He's only 27 years old. Nationality is from Greece. I mean, I just we love to see it. But yes, in the top 10, there were no women, unfortunately. Yeah, And then let me just say about number nine. There was a little news about number nine with Tom Brady in there. I know he's probably retiring because evidently making all that money has made his wife a little nervous or whatever, and they have a little bit of riff going on. So yeah, I they think got a riff because he went back on his word, and she said she had gave her whole career and watched him play football. Oof. And so now he was supposed to give up his career and spend time with her, and she said deuces. I'm not mad about it because if he had never said he was going to retire, he wouldn't be in the situation. Facts. But and just so people know, this list came out in May, but we didn't cover it, so we're just getting to it. <laughs> 19 was Naomi Osaka, just in case y'all were wondering. She made 52 Was point. that the first female? on the list the number one woman on the list 59.2 million dollars this list came out in may but you may not have heard about it because i forgot to do it in may so that's the forbes top 10 highest paid athletes well, we made the top 20 congratulations to all um because that is a yeah. major feat we would just like to see the representation of both genders be equal within at least the top 10 yeah you know a woman to break at least we're not asking for it to be half and half we just want one yeah just like i mean can we like one. look we ain't even asking a lot at this point we say can we sit at the table one. can yeah. we sit at the top 10 yeah. table and just see what that food tastes like that's yeah. all i've said okay but that's our moco newsroom we're just bringing you stories that we found interesting throughout the week and mom i wanted to say to you this you're probably walking around with more sex toys on your feet than you believe because <laughs> You just don't know about it, but I'm pretty sure that what? there's recycled products that we're getting that are plastic, that are rubber. These kids have these uh, playgrounds with all these little rubber pieces. They say it's old tires, and tires are probably made from all kinds of rubber. So at some point, you probably are encountering a sex toy or two. You just wow. don't know it. I'm just going to start wearing cloth shoes. I can't handle it. Mom. Oh, Snook, please. You better go on and get you one of them cloth-looking ones, okay? I don't know why that reminds me of Naked and Afraid. We were watching Naked and Afraid last night. <laughs> what in the Naked and Afraid? They do be making their own shoes on Naked and Afraid, there so you're going to have to watch that and figure it out. I'm going to wrap my feet. That's all oh, I'm You better get into them soles. They call them the sex soles. I'm going to put some red soles. bottoms on them. <laughs> she said she's going to put some red bottoms on them. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Coming up next, we have the legendary director, Gina Prince Bythewood, who not only directed Love and Basketball, but also The Woman King. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Oh, 
Okay, so we're here with the legendary director, Gina Prince-Bythewood. You better know who I'm talking about right now because I'm an athlete, so this is Mrs. Love and Basketball we're talking about here, okay? But now she is the director of the powerhouse film, The Woman King. Gina, welcome to Montgomery and Company. Oh, thank you. Super happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So you've directed two iconic movies, both having women lead. So I'm curious, was that intentional or did that just happen that way? No, I mean, I hope that people can see a through line from Love and Basketball to The Woman King. Um, it's absolutely my intention with my work to reframe what it means to be female, what it means to be feminine, the fact that I believe athletic bodies and skills should be celebrated and not denigrated in the way that it happened when I was coming up and people kept saying there's something wrong with me because I love sports and wow didn't want to wear dresses um, you know but that shouldn't take away from my femininity and so to be able to put a character like Monica up on the screen who was come on Monica <laughs> right <laughs> and then these incredible women in the woman king these warriors uh, these baddest women who also have great vulnerability, um, which we often see as a weakness, but in this film, you learn that it's a strength. Um, again, that's what I hope my work has been able to do. Renee is trying to hide her excitement right now because yes. Love and Basketball is literally okay. her favorite movie her of all time. She's trying to play it cool right now. We wore out many, many, many platforms <laughs> in watching that movie. <laughs> Yes. It was a family a movie for us though, because you know, like we we see so many movies that are sports movies that the stars is stars that we really can't be, you know. And so, A League of Their Own is another movie for women where it was like, this is us. And you talked about that strong femininity in the sense of like it's beautiful those bodies. And in essence, you said that you make your actors do their own stunts. And now this is an all women cast of soldiers that are coming through. So what was that energy like? Like of all these women doing these incredible stunts yeah that was one of the first conversations I had with them because I knew what type of action I wanted I wanted it to be visceral and raw and real I think the best action is character based and story driven and character driven it should reveal character and the only way to do that is with performance you can't do it with stunt doubles and I knew who these women were like you're playing warriors to embody them you got to go through what they went through and these women were known for training 24-7. They legit beat men. They were true fighters. And so you're going to portray them. Let's go through it. Because that whole training that they did was, was part of building character and rehearsal. And that was hour and a half of weights in the morning. Wow. Some took naps, some took a break. And then three, um, three and a half to four hours of um, fight choreography, martial arts training, weapons training. Oh my uh, some of them had running training because as you know those two tells if you can't run it just yeah. takes you out of the movie you can spot the athlete on the <laughs> yes, court right away yes. you can spot she the always athlete says on the court that. right away and then how you throw a punch that's, that's the thing it's gotta it's gotta look good so they went through that wow. wow so this was for real it was for real then they had dance training because part of this culture as well was these um, really great choreographed dances that they did before going to war were to celebrate each other. So they're hyper aggressive um, on volume 10. So they had to learn that. Um, so they went through it. And this was not weeks. This was months of six days a week, two a days. And on top of that, not being able to eat because you got to shred the pounds. But it absolutely was not about making them look skinny. It was about being athletic and looking like warriors and part of it was also I wanted women to be able to see all shapes and sizes like you don't have to be six foot and statuesque to be a warrior you can be any size and so that was really important as well just I just wanted them to look athletic I wanted an audience to believe them and you're going to believe these women. Yes. Discipline. Man, I'm telling you, look, I I can't wait for this to be my new favorite movie. What were you going to say, Snook? I was going to say, I bet you uh, most of the performers or the actresses there, what happened there with, on your set raised their self-confidence for being able to handle themselves or uh, take care of themselves. Everything you mentioned are things that I would like to be able to do outside of a movie set if I needed to. Right. Yeah, that's oh, that's true. That is true. That's what I was they thinking. They talk about it. They, Viola talks about 
going into it being one way and coming out of it and feeling like a badass. Yes. I mean, it changes, <laughs> changes how you walk, how you walk in a room. It, it gives you swagger knowing that everything is tight, that you can handle yourself. It was it was really big for them. And um, the shocking thing is, I'll just call her out, Tuso, um, who plays Nawi, she was the one that had never done anything in her life, nothing athletic. I cast her in April. She started training in May. She was the first, and she trained all the way through shooting, which we finished in March. So that long, she became really good. But by the end of it, she was like, that last week, she was like, I'm done. I want McDonald's. <laughs> she, was, she was like, I need a cheap week, baby, after that. <laughs> she was like, I'm, I'm not lifting anymore. And she did take a break. But she's back with our trainer, Gabriella McLean, training every day. Wow. Um, she got yeah. addicted to it. And, That's um, a lifestyle change. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lifestyle change. Wow. And so when I see things like that, I always wonder, because I've asked artists this that are music artists, but when you're there and you're seeing this live, even the, you know, Love and Basketballs or the Woman Kings, when you're watching it live, do you get those chills and know that, like, this is about to be iconic? Like, do you know it before it even hits the streets? Like, this is something amazing about to go crazy. I wish, like, loving basketball, I didn't know if I failed, if I messed up my life and what? messed up this thing that was so important to me. Um, I didn't know until the first person, my husband, when he watched it, because I had him watch it, I think, about five weeks into my editing process where I'm putting everything together. And I thought, I thought I messed up. I thought it was garbage and I was what? crazy. I feel disrespected, Gina. <laughs> Crazy. You know, it's hard, you know, but I was just curled up and he said, all right, let me go watch it. And he came back. He was like, what are you talking about? And that just gave me the confidence for that. With the Woman King, I knew the performances were dope and I knew the action was dope because I'm watching it. You never know, though, until you put the whole thing together. You hope, of course, that you're doing it right. But the scariest thing for me as a filmmaker is nobody sets out to make a bad movie. And there have been some great filmmakers that that slipped up. So I put everything into it. I go in with a plan and a vision, and I stick to that. But you never know. So um, it's scary until you start to be able to put it in front of an audience. You start to get that feedback, and then you're like, okay, we, we got this right. That's interesting. So you're very critical of yourself. Yes, but I have to be. If I'm, if I'm the minute I'm not afraid of failure uh, or scared, then then I, I think I've, I've lost it because that's what drives me. Some people shrink right. from that. It means that you that's care. That's what pushes me, and that pushed me on the court and on the track. Nice. So that same mentality. Bring it. And I love your husband, B. Yeah, I was going to say you push yeah. you on the court and the track. You got a son that's signing to UCLA. Speaking of athletes, congratulations. You know, congratulations. congratulations. And family <laughs> alumni. Yes. Yeah, I move him in uh, on Friday. The day the movie opens is the day I move him in. It's wow. Crazy. Hey, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you'll be a mom like you've probably been the rest of your life. You'll do your professional duties and you'll also do your motherly duties and, yes. and keep it moving. <laughs> Words of a wise woman right there. Yeah. And so you mentioned your husband and I know you guys met like writing together on a project. And so we're a family podcast here. We have family businesses like we we believe in that. So have you guys planned on any future projects that you are going to bring to life? Because we love swagger. We love loving basketball. What's up? Yes. Like y'all got That's my co- son's favorite what? show. Yes. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, we met in the writer's room of A Different World, which was, you know, that was my show back in the day, my favorite show. And and we just clicked because we had the same mentality of uh, what we wanted to do with our careers, the belief that what we do, film and TV, can literally change the world. It could change someone's life. It could shift culture if you do it the right way. So um, we've always held on to that. And... Again, swagger. I, I love swagger. We do too. I love it so much. It's our favorite. It's my son and my favorite show. Like we watch it together, and like he's excited week to week. Like we did a campaign online. Like y'all better bring swagger back. What's up? It took Definitely. too long. I yeah, know season two. Us. Y'all better bring back season <laughs> we, two. We, I was tweeting about it. Like yo, what's up with season two? So it's just one of those things that if you ever played AAU or you've ever been in that circuit, you know that grind that you're watching in swagger. So I wanted my son to know that grind of it's not pretty 
shitty at times. It's stressful at times. You feel like you're on top of the world one day and then you go online and you're down at the bottom the next. So amazing show. Yeah. And they're shooting season two now. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was able to pour because my older son played ball. It was that life. And even though baseball now with my younger son, it's still that, that same thing as a, certainly as a parent being able to pour what it is, but also having our boys go through it. It's, you know, it's a lot. It is. So you guys are an athletic family. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts of the the name, image, and likeness space? We hear about it a lot when it comes to football players in college and basketball, but you have a son playing baseball. Has it made its way to baseball per se? Do you see a lot of deals in the the baseball category? Because I really don't know if there were. You know, it's interesting that you ask because literally um, his coach, um, we had a conversation last week and he said that that's something that they want to start building for the baseball team. It's certainly, you know, basketball I think is probably – the one that is really blown up in, um, but baseball, you know, it's essentially there's so there's so few, you know, black players. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Um, but then you just got those those dope players like Mookie Betts that he gets to look up to and Aaron Judge. So um, I think um, in terms of that coming to baseball, you know, you got to kind of create that star thing you know and um but trust he's like i can i can make money right now <laughs> listen yeah, right that's the part and ucla is a good landing spot so i wish him the best in that category yes. and it also makes me think about like when you we talk about name image and likeness there comes that representation and the women so you know how you you like to make a difference with your films and i'm curious what type of film would you like to make in the future because you've already you know you've done life of bees a different world like what kind of film would you even gravitate to or TV? Is that something interesting? Like what is interesting to someone like you that's kind of been successful at almost everything you touch at this point? My goal, I for real want to, I want to put us in every genre and the beauty of this time right now. And I'm going to, there's a caveat to it. There are more filmmakers like me making movies. And that means that these stories are coming from our lens our perspective as opposed to someone's image or, or stereotype of us, that's a game changer, us telling our own stories. But then you can still count us on like two hands. So we need more of that. And like, I want us in space, you know, and I want us in a Western, but that just happened, which is beautiful. Yes. Um, I want more love stories with us and not just romantic comedies, but like love stories, you know? That, yes. Those yes. deep ones that wreck you and build you back up. So, right. Come on, where's our notebook? Okay. We need a notebook. Like, I love the notebook. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you're doing exactly what we've talked about on the show, and I'm always talking about it when we talk about gender equity. And that's a big deal now. And you know, everyone is trying to uh, make it look like they're supporting or pouring into gender equity. But I still find sometimes that there's a lack of diversity in that gender equity. And so that's one of the things if, you know, if we're going to come along, I want them to bring everybody, not just a portion or. Absolutely. You know. No, it's, it's a fight. It is still a fight to, to tell our stories and for us to be able to tell our stories. But success begets success and the more our films do some things uh, the more of us are going to get the opportunity amen i was just telling renee the other day i'm like we don't i'm like we're all i don't know any new good love stories you know i see a lot of rom-coms but like a lot of the love stories that we like or love movies whatever they're like older maybe early 2000s i was i would say maybe the the latest maybe 2005 maybe the last i don't know and uh and you probably get this question a lot but i have a question for you so when when did you realize that that you wanted to go into storytelling and that was early and it was my mom used to take us there were like five of us at one because at times we had foster kids so it's like on the weekend so she didn't have to deal with all of us she would take us and drop us off at the theater and um i remember seeing benji which is a movie about a dog yeah i remember benji oh we know benji okay. <laughs> i remember seeing that and crying in the theater and I was shocked that something that somebody made up could make me feel that deeply. And then I saw E.T. And that just 
sent me. And um, it was at that point I started writing short stories. Nice. Um, and then, and that was like at age seven, eight years old. Wow. Um, wow. And then our TV broke. <laughs> and my parents decided not to fix it, which was horrifying to all what? of us. We went seven years without a TV. Wow. But in that time, all I did is read. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you had to find ways to entertain yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I can still read a book a day, which is great. Like, wow. that, that muscle. But that absolutely... Um, just sparked my love of storytelling, the fact that you could control your own narrative and you could go into these different worlds. And and so I knew pretty early on I wanted to write. And then once I got to high school and we got our TV back, <laughs> um, I fell in love with soap operas and just got it. Oh, cool. oh, you get restless. The restless one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was gazing my life. I love soap operas too, but I like novellas. <laughs> the Young and the Restless, Bold and Beautiful. <laughs> I did like Bold and Beautiful, Another World. Um, and the crazy thing about Another World was that my husband, Reggie, obviously way before I met him, he was an actor on Another World. Oh, um, oh. oh wow. I was tracking him all these years. Um, but um, yeah, I, I fell in love with soap operas and then I read an article where it was an interview of a soap opera writer and that was the first time I realized, oh, someone actually gets paid to do that. Wow. And that's then what I wanted to do. And um, when it came time to choose a college, it's like I was so clear, I wanted to be a writer um, and I was getting recruited to play ball, but not at UCLA where I knew I wanted to go to film school. And that was really tough at that point to make the decision because my entire life from age four was sports. Wow. Yes. Just, yeah. That was my identity. That was my love. Every day I was doing something um, and uh, but made that choice. But once I got to UCLA, it was like I was missing a limb. Mm. And um, and so at that point I went and talked to Bobby Kersey, who was the coach, uh, the track coach at that time. And um, and then uh, joined the track team and, and did triple jump and I got that thing back. Um, but once I then officially got into UCLA film school, then timing wise, I couldn't do both. And then fully made that, that cut. That's amazing. I love how you brought sports into your storytelling though. I mean, that's a big decision. Like we see, like in the past, there's been athletes that have had to choose, like like you did in a sense of name, image, and likeness, like destroying. He's a football player that had a D1 football scholarship, but his YouTube was viral and he was making big money. So he chose YouTube instead of, at that time, there was no name, image, and likeness things. You kind of were before the name, image, and likeness age where you pretty much chose film over your sports career that you had been doing your whole life. I'm just curious, like what went into that process because you said that you were like you felt like an arm was missing so it was like but film was your body or what like what was the pull you to leave the sports <laughs> yeah I felt I felt like at that time I was like that was before the WNBA you know so it's like where am I gonna go after college where if I got into film and I was successful I could see that career path for myself um so that was honestly, though, the beauty of ultimately doing Love and Basketball because I got to go back. Yes. And I, you know, all the women that, that were playing, the players were either women I played ball with, because um, I still kept up playing ball. Um, so that was just cool. And I got to be in that environment again. And I was like, wow, I got to marry my two loves. Is that why you chose the Sparks? I'm just curious, because UCLA, all of that, like the Sparks were the stars of, of Love and Basketball. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing, hardest thing was I wrote it that both Quincy and Monica went to UCLA. <laughs> I had to get the permission from UCLA and um, they said no. They said we never give permission. What? And then I tried Stanford and Stanford, I still have the letter. They said that my characters do not represent um, what? What? That's well, crazy. Did you well, well, God? Wait wow. a minute. Wait a minute. They said what they said. It did not <laughs> represent. Right. They meant what they meant. That's, exactly. Wow. Um, so then SC was like, come to us. You can have everything at the run of our campus. <laughs> you can use our name. Because, you know, when you watch a sports movie and they make up the college name, it just takes you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you go to UCLA and you play sports, like, it's indoctrinated and you hate USC. 
Um, yes. so it just oh, so you went straight to the others. Yes, I, I love see it. what you did. I love it. Okay, love it. That's, that's that competitive fire. That's yes. that competitiveness yes. in you. Yeah, that was that competitive fire. Now I still wore my UCLA gear on campus, so I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. But, um, but you know, growing up, Cheryl Miller was my my idol, my hero. Okay. so it was, you know, I did have a little bit of love for USC. And again, they gave us everything, so I can't be mad at them anymore. I still don't yeah. root for them. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for them. She said, don't get it twisted. Well, you know, I bleed blue, so I'm a Yukon Husky, mm-hmm. so I don't really care either way about those Pat teams. Summit was the other, like, for me. And I know, mm-hmm. I know Tennessee. <laughs> we're not we're not gonna go into the rivalry. Yes. Right. Cool. The legendary Pat Summit was the head coach <laughs> of the University of Tennessee is what what she's referencing. And yes, I can't do anything but show love to, to what she did and what she's doing. And I can't help but show love to you, the legendary director, if you haven't, the newly released The Woman King. Please go see it. I, I follow Viola Davis online. She talked about how people dedicated large portions of their lives to bring a real portrait of these women, these warriors to life. So The Woman King, newly released. Go check it out. I can't wait for it. Like I said, for it to be my new favorite movie. And thank you for joining us here on Montgomery & Co. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Excited that we just got to talk to the legendary director Gina Prince Bythewood, and I'm telling you right now, like anybody that's a, a woman hooper, y'all got to know, like that's like we gotta we gotta show Renee love. Renee literally give... screamed when we okay. got off the recording. She... <laughs> okay, so we're gonna just talk about what just happened a little bit. First of all. Something that stuck out to me was love and basketball. Quincy and Monica could have first been UCLA athletes. Then they could have been Stanford Cardinals. And Stanford told them, oh, no, boo-boo, this doesn't represent us? I know, yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. And Stanford Cardinals, are they that tree? I thought they were the they're trees. They're the trees, yeah. They're, they call themselves the nerds. I think that's their nickname, the nerds, but their mascot is a tree. But the trees did not want Quincy and Monica. <laughs> mm. Let me tell you, she said what she said, and she said that for the purpose of they said they didn't, we didn't, it didn't embody the student. Yeah, but you know, that happens with so many different things. That's what happens with her and the movie industry and the clothes industry. You know, what we were trying to do, oh, your look doesn't represent what I want my clothes to look like, even with the workplace and all these new laws about what kind of hair you can wear to work, how you can go to work or not. You know, mm-hmm. you can't look yeah, like yeah. this. And it doesn't have no, anything that's to a do with Roy's into the chat. He said two Americas. That's exactly Two Americas. Right. A side note. Yes, we know they're the Stanford Cardinals, you guys. Just so I know I have to say these things. It's like just in case people don't confuse it. Of course, we know it's the Stanford Cardinals. We were just referencing the fact that I know no S Stanford Cardinal no S and y'all know that our <laughs> this community, is Roy correcting this is Roy correcting me live okay it's like I add S's to stuff that's not supposed to have an S I do it Thank all the time you, I apologize so Roy he's a real journalist so he wants me to say the Stanford Cardinal okay we know it's very important it's very they're, important very important they're not birds listen I'm just saying that I would the point I'm trying to make we're here, not doing a campus tour Right. The point Renee, I'm trying, trying to make, to make here the point. Sorry, is Go that ahead. I can't believe that Monica and Quincy could have went to Stanford. I was asking her, yo, what about them Huskies? And she was like, you know, I'm a fan of Pat Summit. So it would have been, uh, they would have been a well, Tennessee see, volunteer the before. They... She answered that very bluntly to yeah, you. Right. Said... And very honestly, we got to respect that. We got to respect that. Yeah, she's a legend. But to your I mean. point, to your point, Snook, there, there are, and to, you, to yours, uh, Nicole, also, there is a lot of undertone in that. What does that mean? 
mean, we doesn't rep, it doesn't represent our student body. I think everybody now, even though that was a long time ago, whatever, 20-something years ago, it, that what everybody knows now what that means. Even people knew then, you know, but now is more is more of a of a mainstream thing for people to know, okay, that definitely has undertone under it. What does that even mean that you don't represent us? That's even in the episode of Bel Air that we saw. Remember when Hillary, when it was like uh, th this mag, I don't know what it was. That I forgot cooking, exactly what cooking, it was. Exactly. Program. That it was like a, some platform that didn't want to put her on there because it said that she didn't basically embody what their demographic was. And everybody knows that that has undertones to it. And, micro, you know, there is, is a microaggression. Well, they're thinking about it the wrong way, Serena. They should be thinking about it. We need to get up and be on par. <laughs> we're not on par. Well, <laughs> it's interesting, not. though. I mean, y'all are, look, y'all y'all are taking dissecting the layers of it because there are layers to it because you also have to remember something that she brought up was that with Love and Basketball, she didn't even know whether this was a hit or not yet. You know, we're talking about Love and Basketball in hindsight, and hindsight is 2020 to Stanford's defense, the sign of the times. Like, you know, probably they didn't know it was going to be a hit, but also we know what you said. I'm just going to say that. But also, I think it's interesting because at that time, she wasn't the director, Gina, that we know now. She was trying to get a yes. So it's crazy to see that she's, you know, a writer. She wanted to write with representation in her script. And then now she's getting no's and different things of that nature. So it made it think because we have Think Tank Productions and we see a lot of no's. And, you know, we see a lot of yeses to things that were just like the thing you said no to us for. And we're like, what is the difference? We know. So it's interesting that she started that journey a long time ago. Y'all, you giving them, you giving them too much of a pass. I don't care. <laughs> nobody New, used, old, young. I don't care because if they had read the script... If it hadn't been, if it didn't make it, it wouldn't have hurt them a bit. That's the part. That's the part for me. If you'd have read the script, if they didn't, if it didn't make it, it didn't have like a. It wasn't a very controversial script. I'm just saying. Right. It's literally two right. kids trying to play basketball and a girl trying to find herself trying to play basketball. Yeah. It wasn't mm -hmm. like it was touching a whole lot of it political bounds. Yeah. It, was it was a love, love story. story. So yeah. my True. point is, even if it didn't make it. It wasn't going to be something that would have dinged them for the love but story see, that it was. The overhaul picture that didn't even come into. I know it did. That's what I'm saying. That's why I told. That that's, what that's what I'm saying to Renee. That's what I'm saying to Renee. That's what I'm saying to Renee. Because her, own she's giving school, too much. I can credit understand to that. why her own school said no. They said UCLA does not rent out their name, image, and likeness to no one. So Which if, is fine. If, if a school they, says something like that, it's like, look, you got your rules. That's your school rules. We don't do it for nobody. But it was the reasoning. You're right. The reasoning and the storyline you make up a you bring a good point this was a love story love and basketball baby this was mm -hmm. come I mean, on really. so it's like but i love that also too she let her husband read it and he said oh no girl this thing fire yes, like yes, it's yes. crazy that that's what we talk about support a lot that. of people your your circle when when you see all these you know everybody sees all these cliches like keep your circle tight you know like birds of a feather flock together who you're with is who you're with and so it's like all those sayings though for real like because if she let if we let our own selves get in our best our way like i hope she i can't believe she didn't know that that love and basketball was a hit baby that's a hit that was a hit that was a hit. It's still a hit. And I'm glad <laughs> and I'm hit. glad she didn't because they, I see it, it's still on TV all the time. It's still yeah. on like TV right now. So my point is I'm glad she didn't do a sequel. Oh yeah. No need for a sequel. Oh, no need for a sequel. Her. So this is oh. crazy. I forgot to ask her this, but she, she has she made will this never statement. make another sequel. She's made the statement that she will never make another sequel. And so that's interesting because I want to ask you guys this. I've heard this before about people when it comes to sequels. So we're going to bring in a MoCo debate. Is the sequel ever better than the original? I so, have a stipulation of that. Okay. What's the stipulation? The sequel is only better or as good. I'm not even going to say better, better or as good as the original. If it's answering a question that was not answered in the first. So, Ooh, you know, a lot so of these like main movies, they actually leave some unanswered questions. Mm. And so you're like, man, I wish we could find out why this happened or what That's actually would happen. Called a prequel. It is called a prequel, but the thing is they come after the original, but, but you never so, know as a prequel because a lot of times they don't think about the sequel until they see how good that one did. So. Exactly. Okay, so basically then you're arguing that yes would be your answer because you like the prequels that come after the original. They can be better. Is that kind they of what you're saying? They can be better. 
or as good. Because sometimes it's not about beating the original. It's about meeting the original because that's <laughs> right. the thing. You can Sometimes you it's almost impossible to beat the original, but as long as you can meet the original, yeah. then I would say that's a win. I like this so, mini MoCo yeah. debate. So does anybody know any sequels that are better than the original, even if it was a prequel, to Cole's point? Mm. There's so many. There's so many. Roy said Terminator 2. So Terminator 2 might have been better than Terminator 1. I don't know about Back to the Future 2. Though. What about Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes. That's a good one. Rise of the Planet of the Apes was the second one, yeah. Yeah, that's wow. a good one. That was a good okay. one. I'm trying to think of one where Does I was Does the thinking... same actors and actresses have to be in it? Mm, oh, for me, absolutely. If it's, <laughs> oh, if for me, don't don't switch it up. Don't bring in people. And I'm like, well, who is this? And then they say then they say the person's name from the original. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's a child like they're going like you said back to a prequel and they're going to the kid and how they were in teenage years then it could be somebody different but if you come into a a sequel or a prequel and it's a totally different person i'm shutting it off i'm not even watching that wow so roy said there were about 19 planet of the apes he said back to the future too i think, I think harry been potter i was gonna to say harry one. potter harry danny potter beat me too. to it danny said harry potter and lord of the rings the end game marvel marvel end game that's a oh, sequel yeah everybody loves that movie okay yeah, so but yeah so but like i said a lot of those sequels had prequels and they were answering questions that were kind of just left up in the air from the original. And so I don't know if that was their intention, but they worked out. So I would say as long as we meet, we can't beat sometimes as long as we meet, we're good. <laughs> All right. So I guess to answer our question, Cole just did it. What do you got? What are you saying, Serena? Oh, I agree. I think it, it just depends on, you know, some, some franchises. I do think that let's say like even um, Fast and the Furious, you know, there's like, I don't even know how many Fast and the Furious there are, but I do like number five better than number one. Or I'm, I'm sorry, okay. you know, I'm, I'm just saying like, I love number one, but number five to me gave me all the feels of number one. And it was just a little bit newer, Wait, but number one, number five, wait, my about, you didn't even pick the Fast Fast and Furious that you're in to be your favorite one? Who's in Fast and Furious? <laughs> no, <laughs> Renee is crazy. I ain't she, doing it. That's why I said she's lived a lot of lives, people. So that's why I was like, hold up. It, it was just, it was just a little cameo. In. It was just a little cameo. She made cameo, a cameo that, in Fast and Furious. And I was like thinking Which one? It was Fast Five. It was Fast Five. Okay, so maybe I'm, yes. maybe I'm a little biased. Okay, maybe I'm this, watching that tonight. Like, that's a better sequel. <laughs> Fast Five will be watched She's one of the car girls. Call me out like that's my favorite sequel. Well, okay. Sorry, but I'm just See, saying. Here's She's the a nuggets car girl on there. Call, y'all could have been said that. We should have had that as a family movie when we were all together. We had nothing it's, it's else to do. literally two seconds, not even. I don't it's, care. It's, it's we, we don't got them two seconds, girl. What's wrong yeah, with you? Y'all yeah, yeah, love embarrassing me over here. But Sam has been there and, and you've been there. Is there going to be a sequel to your Christmas movie? Oh, I'm out. And on that note, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, what? No, wait, wait. I want to say one more thing. The next debate should be the remakes. Those are the ones they mess oh, up. Okay. The I, like that. I don't know. Remakes Remakes Disney's The Little Mermaid. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm not even gonna lie. True. I'm yes, I am looking to forward to that one. That but they messed the Lion King up. They messed the, the Lion, Lion King. King. I had high hopes. We'll for it. talk about it on the next Moco debate. But man, oh man, we had the legendary Miss Gina Prince Bythewood, y'all. Yes. Wow. Snaps. Are you ready for some football? Yeah. Okay, so it was opening week for the NFL, and everybody was turned up except Cowboys fans. I'm just playing. I'm sorry to the Cowboys fans. My Diddy is a Cowboys fan, so I'm sorry to y'all for what happened. Tom Brady did Tom Brady things, but I actually was in attendance. I was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium as the Falcons took on the Saints, so we took on our rivals first game of the season. There was all these hoodats going on. There was all these ATL, yo, but it's not yo, you know, it's come on, this is ATL. I just remixed it, but there was a lot of energy in the building, and we were in the building, and it was sold out 71,000 deep. I'm telling you right now, even though they didn't win, I had a good time. That's a very Atlanta of me. Catch us next week where it's a generational thing. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. 
Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.